Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, you smitten kittens, raunchy raccoons, and butt-fucking badgers? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, another week, another show. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Uh, if you are new to my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. No, I think a lot of you had enough of Dove last week. <laughs> this week, we have a star of Showtime's show, Gigolos, as well as a musician, author, and former stripper, Nick Hawk. Everyone is on the podcast this week, and wow, prepare to have your minds blown. Let's go to some listener feedback. Yes, okay. There's some reactions from last week's episode. I have a feeling a lot of you didn't even finish last week's episode because you were possibly so irritated by our guest, Dove. There's always some, there, there are some gems towards the end of that one. I mean, Jesus, when she started shitting on her sugar baby clients, I was dying. Uh, as someone I'm seeing would say, I'm dead as fuck. <laughs> she, it was hilarious how just horrid she was. Um, and she, whew, and I guess a lot of you seem to agree. I rarely get such intense amounts of feedback about a particular guest, right? This episode was an exception. Th these are all comments from the Champagne Room, which is a secret fan whore Facebook group specifically for my uh, Patreon community. They had quite the thread going about this. So I read from Owen. Finished listening to today's podcast. Your guest Dove must have been a real looker because the whole time her personality stunk like dog shit. I was blown away to listen to how shallow she is. Only dates rich, handsome men. Criteria, criteria, criteria. And she called her clients complete losers. I feel really bad for whomever is paying her. I can only imagine that she stepped out of the screenplay for Mean Girls. Anyone else knows how she had the stuff in there? I was at the opera last night. Barf. Woo, that's, that's an intense reaction. And I got more stuff like that. There's a lot of people saying, I second this. I also agree. Ditto. Uh, well said. Megan says, oh my goodness. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought this. It was terrible. It didn't seem like she was very nice at all. Pretentious and so judgmental. And then, you know... Uh, and then this is probably the part that most irritated a lot of people. Kick, Rhonda says. Kick, it's forever K-I-K -K and not keek to me. Wow. <laughs> Which Charles co-signed. This was the most irritating part to me. How sh that, she, that she mispronounced the kick app. Uh, so yeah, wow. Uh, we, but we, hey, we made it through the Dove episode. And now we're on to Nick Hawk this week. By the way, I do encourage you to finish episodes. You never know what gems are going to be later on. And not to mention, at the very end of this week's episode, to the one you're listening to right now, I'm going to be throwing a little Marvel post-credits scene uh, that you would miss if you just decide, like, hey, yeah, I think I'm good. Remember the happy ending massage episode? Remember what I put in the, in the post-credits scene of that one? Yeah, that's why you listen through, people. That's why you listen through. 
Uh, I want to get to your emails. I want to get to your emails. I got an email from Kyle. It says, hey, Billy. I just listened to your latest episode about your Hacienda drama, and I was completely horrified. That party sounds like a collection of head cases looking for a starring role in the latest episode of Victim is the New Black. Be careful, Billy. You're a public figure and have a lot more to lose than these stool samples you encountered. Honestly, after listening to that, I wouldn't attend a sex party without three lawyers standing next to me and a fucking GoPro strapped to my head. Ooh, Kyle, hi, hello, hey, ooh. I personally wouldn't say all that, you know? Uh, you know, too many men are, are reacting to the Me Too movement by saying, what, now I can't even hug women at the office without getting fired? No, morons. It just means you shouldn't hug every woman in the office when you would otherwise shake the men's hands. Or, yes, it means you shouldn't talk about your sex life at the office to a woman or a man, like, or anyone who didn't ask about it. Because honestly, I don't really give a shit about Jim's Tinder date either. The Me Too movement, in my understanding, wants men to be more aware of how they're acting in the workplace or just in any environment where women statistically are already mistreated. So, you know, no, I, I don't need to wear a GoPro to a sex party while accompanied by lawyers. Uh, although plenty of lawyers attend these parties like as is. So I feel like there's a lot of representation there. I, I just need, I and any man or person, anyone just needs to be mindful that these women live in a world that is insanely hostile towards them and that a sexually charged environment such as a sex party should be a safe place for them and for everyone. And if that means being aware of where my hands accidentally bump while moving through a packed crowd, that's a small effort to make the women around me more comfortable. And I, and I don't want to sell out Kyle here because Kyle did end up responding to this email and he was all like, you know, oh, you know, that's not what I meant. And so we like Kyle. Kyle's good people now. But he is right. The cluster of fuck nuts in question from my story are part of the perpetual outrage machine. But no one's accusing me of something false. And I don't think that's something that's going on here. You know, like this woman in question said I bumped into her at a sex party. And you know what? I probably did. It's a 200-person party, and there are a lot of tight spaces you have to navigate uh, to get through because it's just a really packed area and really tight spaces, and I'm a thicker individual. It's likely I didn't notice I bumped into her specifically, and you know she thought it was intentional. I most likely did have sex in a room she was in because, you know what? It's a big fucking sex room with 50 to 100 people. Yeah, doesn't mean I did it intentionally to intimidate her. I haven't even noticed her at parties in almost a year and because I just don't fucking register her presence. You, you guys remember that episode of Black Mirror? We could like block a person and then they just their face is all fuzzy. That's kind of how it is with this woman. Like, I just don't even know. I'm just like, is she was she there? I didn't even notice. So I'm not concerned about like false rape allegations or anything like that. And I don't want us to to think that. But don't you know, don't cluster the hashtag me Too movement in with this chick. She's got her own issues, and it doesn't mean we shouldn't empathize with her. You know, some, someone I know in the community uh, who I really respect once said, you know, we can support accusers emotionally while rationally handling the accused. We can support accusers emotionally 
Because if they think something happened, they're likely experiencing trauma, even if the event did not go the way they experienced it. Because the way one experiences things isn't always how it actually went down objectively. Separately, we can treat the accused in like an irrational and reasonable manner, like while we offer emotional support to the accuser as a process of figuring out what the fuck happened goes down. I'll, I'll use this example. Let's say uh, you think your roommate stole your shirt. You're convinced of it. You're just, this is, they definitely stole my shirt. I see him wearing it and he definitely stole it. Now you're probably experiencing anger and all sorts of things. And those emotions are real and valid because you're experiencing the thing right now. You might've forgotten that you gave that roommate permission last week to borrow that shirt. So it doesn't mean just because you're angry. Now this roommate needs to be punished. It means we need to like help calm you down and like be there for you and let you vent before we rationally talk to this roommate. He goes, yeah, she gave me permission. Here's the text message. And I hope this nut job got her support uh, from her friends while Hacienda gave me a fair and rational trial of sorts uh, process because, you know, she likely does believe I did the thing she claims I did. And you know what? That's horrifying. I would be I would be traumatized, too. So thanks for your support, dude. I just don't want it to be too misguided. All right. Next email um, comes from a dude, Dave. Hey, Billy, I've been listening to your show for a while now. I found it last year and have been working my way through all your episodes. I've always appreciated how you interview so many different types of peeps. This is what I am all about. Gotta say, though, I am sorely lacking in my sexual experiences. I am one horny little fucker and want to gain some confidence to get out there. I honestly don't know how. I am 27. I transitioned four years ago, and I've been on hormones for three years. So I definitely look more masculine. I've got a beard and whatnot, and people at work don't even know I am trans. I haven't had any reconstructive surgery yet, though. I'm still on the waiting list. That's the biggest part of what affects my confidence. I don't go around telling people I am trans, but when it comes to spontaneous sex, I never know how it is going to play out until I have that conversation. It sucks. Most of the time, women are nice and don't say too much, but honestly, it's a big mood killer. I do have a dick to use, but they automatically see me differently once they know I'm trans. I'm thinking maybe it's my way of broaching the topic. I'm usually pretty anxious. I am also a heavy trans guy. I am not one of the guys that feels the need to be super fit. I'm physically active and feel healthy enough, but can't stop thinking that I will never find an attractive lady who actually wants to fuck. I'm a constant resident of the friend zone. I end up not trying because I automatically expect rejection. When I have gone for it and thought I had a chance, I've been shot down. I want to get some experience under my belt and enjoy some pussy. Any suggestions? Dave. P.S. I will be super stoked if you actually respond to this. I want to hear from Guru Billy. Oh, God. Uh, Let's get something straight. I am not a guru. I'm just a comedian with a fuck show, okay? So if you want my less than qualified opinion, fuck it. I'll give it to you. This is uh, this is next level sex dating advice. Because you're battling being a minority in a minority of a minority. You're a transgender man who seems to be into cisgender women who is also overweight. You don't say how heavy you are, so I don't know if you're obese or if you're my size and just hard on yourself or what. 
dating is not going to be simple for you. Dating isn't simple for most people, but yes, it's going to be more complicated for you. Complicated, but not hopeless. You don't say if you're open to hooking up with other trans dudes or not, so I'm going to treat this for now like you want women with pussies who are down with your strap-on cock. Or you're not strap-on cock, whatever you're rocking. See, I'm hardly qualified for this. Look, I don't know what it's like to live in the wrong body, except for when I cry seven times during a league of their own and wonder if I'm truly a lesbian with a penis. Uh, but, but So I, I'm going to be speaking as a crazy uninformed, unqualified sissy boy. Cool. We, did I get enough disclosure down? Awesome. Let's move forward. I'm a big fan of disclosure for the purpose of efficiency. If you are outside of the vanilla, monogamous, heteronormative sphere and you don't have a cool kid, half-shaved head to draw in an alternative crowd, it's going to be more efficient to put that your trans in your bio. There's a camp of thought that trans people are not obligated to randomly blurt their truth in their online dating profiles on a first date, or really ever. And I agree with this. You're not obligated to put that there. If dating a trans man is a firm deal-breaker for someone... They should ask every guy they're talking to about their genitalia and not assume all men have dicks, right? At least that's what we are led to believe if we are truly respecting transgender and non-binary and genderqueer peoples. That's wonderful in theory. But me asking every Bumble match if she has a penis when our conversation gets sexual is not going to be efficient for me as a cisgender man seeking cisgender women. If you disagree, lady about to write an angry tweet, uh, ask yourself if you'd still be turned on while in the midst of flirting uh, if, when the, if the other party respectfully inquired about your genitalia. See? So no, Dave, you are not obligated to include your gender in an online dating bio. It is more efficient to do so. I'm non-monogamous, dare I say polyamorous. I put that in my bio. I have it in this funny list of acronyms, but it's there. When Paige and I were together, the first line of my bios all said, in an open relationship with a very pretty lady. I would get matches with women who I would see immediately unmatch me. I bet you it was because they finally read my bio. Didn't want to date a guy with a girlfriend and just said like, okay, bye. This early rejection is a very good thing. That is so many less bad first dates I was forced to go on only to find out my having a girlfriend was a deal breaker. It's a fantastic filtration system. Anyone I'm talking to is either cool with my non-monogamy or didn't read my bio, which is their fault. Otherwise, I'm forced to have the daunting conversation at some point on every date. Now, maybe you don't want to be out immediately. Maybe you're not out in real life and are selective about who knows. Maybe you're not comfortable with the rejection based off your gender. Maybe you just think you have a better chance sleeping with a cisgender straight girl by letting her get to know you first. That means at some point there will be this dreaded conversation that you put in quotation marks. When you put it that way, when you make it sound like you're telling the person you have cancer, it's totally going to be a mood killer. Sad, sheepish, embarrassed disclosures aren't very sexy. Find a different way to disclose. Make it an awesome thing you're sharing. Because it is awesome. You're awesome, allegedly. Uh, I don't know you, Dave, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're icked out by your announcement, 
she's going to be icked out by your announcement. Or worse, she'll have an over-apologetic reaction where she has to shut you down as softly as possible or like go over the top and how accepting she is of you, but you know that she's ultimately not interested. Be happy about who you are. If she's not happy with it, you don't want to date her fucker anyway. There's also a matter of timing. During the hot and steamy makeout session, just before she reaches down your pants, is not the... Again, I'm not talking about whether or not you should or shouldn't do these things, but I'm using a very specific word. It's not the most efficient time to disclose this. If you don't know her sexual orientation, let it come up during the date or while you're chatting on the app or on the walk to your place or put it in your bio. Like, let women filter themselves out. The ones left in your match section will be way more likely to be into you because the thing you think is such a big deal will already be a non-issue. Because they know. And you know they know. Because they didn't instantly unmatch you. So if they end up not being interested in you, well, it won't be because of your genitals. Then there's the heavy aspect. You didn't attach a picture, so I can't speak to how heavy you are. But that's a whole different ballgame no matter what gender you identify as. As a fake fat person myself, I have known that confidence is such a clutch factor, dude. Confidence and playing to my strengths. I'm smart. I know how to hold an engaging conversation. I'm allegedly funny. I have a passion for the work that I do. I play into those strengths. I show that in my bio and in my conversations. As for a photo, I have pictures that are both flattering and accurate. I don't avoid my body type, but I don't show a picture with my belly like pushed out while I'm sitting down. A great way to pick pictures, as I believe we've covered with online dating consultant Steve Dean, is to ask your friends for feedback. Friends love having an opinion. OMG. You don't even need to ask them for it most of the time. Ask if you can send some options and see if they'd help you narrow it down. Be confident. And if you're like me and not confident, fake it. And on your downtime, work on getting the body you enjoy. To continue this concept of efficiency, please, people, save your tweets for someone who cares. Uh, Target queer women. Now, even if you're not only into queer women, stay with me. You don't tell me much about the type of women that you're attracted to. But I know that when I'm swiping on the apps, I'm definitely keeping my eyes open for the chick with purple hair or a cool haircut or an I'm with her t-shirt. It's not that I have a Hillary fetish or a thing for dyed hair, but I found that I mesh well personality-wise with funny queer women or with others who live an alternative lifestyle because I, too, live an alternative lifestyle. Targeting pansexual women, for example, would be a smart idea. I'm not saying all trans men need to go after pansexual women. I'm saying it's smart. And what's that word again? Efficient. For trans men, nervous about dropping that bomb to target pansexual women. Because pansexual people connect with people and not a particular gender-genital combination. Our society should allow us to be able to go on dates and when things get sexual, one person asks the other, Hey, you're great. I want to get you naked. I'm really into penises. Do you have one? If not, I'm super into strap-ons too. Or like, hey, God, kissing you is awesome. I want to get with you real, real bad. I have a pussy. Do you like those? God, I hope so, because I really want you to lick it. Or like, whatever. But our culture is not there yet. 
Asking a woman if she has a penis is still seen as an insult. Logically, it makes sense to ask if you're being super inclusive. But again, ask some of your progressive, cisgender, heterosexual, hashtag resist female friends if they would be insulted if someone thought they had a penis. Exactly. So while we're changing the culture, you can choose to have firm principles or you can choose to be efficient. If you want to get laid, I'd encourage some more efficient practices. Again, I don't have experience dating as a trans dude. I don't have the life experience to really help you out. Uh, but I do share the anxiety of disclosing a core part of my being and like intense body image issues. For you, it's your gender. For me, it's my non-monogamous lifestyle and love handles. Hope this helps. All right, that was a, that was a long one, but you know what? That, that was a complicated question, and I was trying to not get yelled at. <laughs> uh, before I get to my guest this week, Nick Hawk. Tomorrow, I am putting out another one of those wonderful Craigslist Chronicle bonus episodes. Craigslist Chronicles bonus episodes on Patreon. Uh, so I want to play you a little teaser of this story I tell um, about, well, we'll say a happy ending massage that gave me a little bit extra on the house. I eagerly booked an appointment uh, and I arrived at her Midtown West apartment uh, one afternoon. It's something, you know, it's something special to pay for sex while the sun is still out. It's like going to the movies. You ever go to an afternoon flick and you, you, you start to adjust to the low lighting and 90 minutes later, you walk outside and forget how the sun works. You just stumble out of the theater wondering, like, oh, what's that big yellow circle? And then some, like, some asshole on the street starts quoting Brian Regan, like, the big yellow one is the sun. The big yellow one. You guys don't know who that is. And if you want full access to that bonus episode, as well as oh so many others, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, you can access all of the Craigslist Chronicles for just $1 per month, as well as our super secret Facebook group, our super secret kick group, and all, and some other wonderful, lovely goodies and content. It's all about the content, baby. Again, patreon.com slash podcast. And now for my guest this week, Nick Hawk. Nick Hawk is uh, really a jack-off of all trades in, in a way. You know, he's, a, he's an M.A. I, some of this stuff I, I couldn't even g- gather in my research, but he's an MMA fighter, a writer, a musician, uh, used to be a stripper. He uh, is a star on the Showtime show Gigolos because, well, he is a gigolo. Y'all remember Luke Jackson, the male escort I had on a few years ago? Well, here's a guy who like took it full time as well as well as a whole lot of other things. Um, this is a bit of a heady episode. We're talking about creativity. We're talking about um, alcoholism. We're talking about anxiety and confidence. But we're also talking about being a gigolo and stripping and getting paid. He says you're getting paid for your time. But like, hey, come on. We kind of all know what that means. He's got a book out right now called Nick Hawk's 100 Kicks in the Ass, A Guide to Gaining Confidence and Reaching Your Full Potential. Let's go ahead and have a little chit chat with Nick Hawk. And uh, and then I'm doing a scene. I'm doing a, a, a walk by scene. I found a girl, one of Laney's girls. Mm-hmm. Um, she's cute and everything. And 
I want to do some type of scene with a girl where we do. Are you are you okay saying this in the mic? Okay, cool. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. So I I, I couldn't sleep. I'm still on West Coast Las Vegas Gigolo time. <laughs> are, are we going to? You want to do an intro? Or I mean, you're fine you, right you now. Yeah, or? we uh, yeah. I do an intro. We fade in. You do the whole. Are we recording? And uh, yeah. The whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> you want to do the intro and everything, then ask me about it? Oh, no. You're fantastic talking right now. Okay. Yeah, okay. You're doing great. So, yeah, I got into town. I'm still on West Coast Vegas gigolo time. So, I only slept in an hour or two uh, the first night and I couldn't fall asleep. So, I, my brain goes. I'm, I'm, I'm a very creative person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big time thinker. It's uh, something I've programmed myself to be uh, when, when, when you'd start taking care of yourself and, uh, you let go of all the the fears and anxieties that cripple you and hold you back in life. It opens up for you know thinking some real thoughts and doing some some good self reflecting. It helps yeah. the creative process as well. It's the best way to be creative is is to take care of yourself. It's a big secret to that. But yeah, and I was up and I I, I decided I wanted to shoot a music video and I haven't done one with a, a girl before. I kind of want to do like a little sexy scene. So I had this idea where we. Uh, we cross paths. We're walking in, in New York or in a town somewhere. We're going to shoot in New York and Jersey. And I, as we walk by, I can't take my eyes off her. I keep looking at her and she walks about 10 more steps. And then I'm going to, I'm going to have her turn around and look at me. And then we walk towards each other. We're going to have a wide shot there of us walking towards each other. And then a couple close ups of us just hitting it off and talking sure. to each other and, and smiling and, and laughing a little bit. And it's going to be cutting back from that. From the performance I'm having at the club, I'm filming that too. I'm going to edit that into the music video and the rooftop shot scene that I'm going to do here as well. And uh, it's going to cut from from that scene and then me performing or up on the rooftop. And then back to us kind of like bursting into a, a hotel room. The camera's going to be on the inside of the room. So we're going to be kissing as we enter. Like someone's back's going to be the door. And we're going to kind of push through it. You know, one of those scenes. And then a little sexy, playful scene of her pushing me on the bed and... And uh, like some claws, the claws going across my back. I kind of picture maybe um, me laying on the bed and her kind of stepping on me with with her heel across my neck. It's this kind of an an idea that I had for a shot. I haven't really seen that before. Mm-hmm. I like to do stuff. I've, I've I like to think. Of, I don't. I, every we're inspired from everything that we see. But well, that, I don't that like shot sounds any. inspired from like some porno. So. Um, I haven't the, seen the that heel, in porno. I've never seen, seen that. Heel I've never stepping seen, on the neck, a heel on the neck. No, no, I haven't enough seen femdom that. stuff. Clearly, I seen, no, I don't watch <laughs> femdom. I don't watch femdom. But uh, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, I just I just rented the limo for everybody. I'm gonna take a bunch of girls from the expo uh, that that I'm doing this weekend, uh-huh. the the Exotica. Exotica Expo, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and, and uh, Saturday night. I'm gonna take a bunch of girls from there and to Transmission Nightclub in Jersey City, where I'll be performing and releasing, performing the the single to the cover of Wrecking Ball that right. I, that I just released, and and I love it. And it's it's intense, but it's another song, just like the last one I did. I can take a punch, man. You got to bring it all. You got to be 100 <laughs> percent committed to it. And and I scream in some parts. I scream the choruses and sing loudly and hit this upper register. It's like a metal version of, of Wrecking Ball. Yeah, yeah a little, and, a little and I wrote I wrote a rap a for bit. it too. I mean, I'm I'm a rapper from from way back. And you're you're a man of many talents. I, rapper, I, I rap musician. In, I rap in most of my music. I produce it all too. I, I do all the instruments now too. I taught myself uh, piano, drum and guitar everything so i had all the instruments I, I produce my own music now i used to not do that i used to buy beats or get them from other producers but yeah excited about this super excited about it but i it's 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 intense because you got to be committed you got to be in in that mode you got to be operating at 
at high levels to to perform as most you know other artists and musicians will tell you when you're when you're at that level and you and, and to have a good show man you got to be you got to be on point you got to be on your game you got to be ready you got to be committed and uh yeah wow focused dude man uh good time to say that, <laughs> that with, a good start that's a podcast? great start man I, yeah I'm feeling good about it now that was a very passionate start <laughs> he's like no i'm not no shut the fuck up funny man i got a thing i gotta express right now oh <laughs> uh, no it's a good time to say i'm here with like jack of all trades nick hawk your musician life coach recording artist used to uh, be a jack of all rapper. trades used to be a jack of all trades i like to think i'm a little more than a jack in in most of them now uh-huh. i used to dabble in things and people used to tell me don't be a jack of all trades pick one thing and stick to it and be passionate fuck that about it. fuck that most yeah. people don't say fuck that people say no you gotta lock into one but man everything you do i, I do a little bit of the, well the, my show yeah. is pretty much a comedy more than anything we kind of turned uh-huh. into that you laugh every episode and i do a lot of writing for that with ideas and stuff too i wrote up stand-up act too but i think every I'm considering transitioning to stand up because I'm, I'm retiring from jujitsu a little bit. <laughs> retiring from jujitsu, I will replace it with stand up naturally, right? That's <laughs> right? all that's the, the fe- pro- that's the next progression. All the comedians right? on the shows I'm on, we all used to do jujitsu, so that's kind of crazy. It's a weird coincidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am glad you got that prerequisite. It's like I, I was a stripper, and then I went to a gigolo, and then yeah. you know I jujitsu. A lot of a lot of gigs. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. That's man. Uh we were we were it's just like yeah, I I was reading in your bio it's like, well, he's an English major and then afterwards he started uh, you know, a stripper business. Yep. As one does. That as well. Yeah. And when I graduated college, I started I started stripping. So. But more the more most of the strippers I know, you know, went more did the arts route. They have like a theater degree. You were like, no, I'm reading Nietzsche. I did that after. I did that after. I studied improv and acting and comedy and all that for 5 years after after my degree. <laughs> but the thing I think you're uh, the big thing you're known for as well is obviously you're on the Showtime show Jigglos because you're you know a gigolo. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it, yeah, it's real. I actually do do that. That is my my main profession. Someone was actually asking me recently, and I I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear yours. Uh, people want to know the difference between a gigolo and a pickup artist, which are I are two vastly different things in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't even know people com- yeah, uh, no. conflated the two. They don't. <laughs> very very few. <laughs> Confuse people, maybe confuse the two. But how uh, would you define a, a gigolo? A, a gigolo is it's a male escort, a, mm-hmm. a companion. You know, I, I someone who gets paid for their time, um, not a prostitute. A prostitute gets paid for sexual favors. I've I've never done that. And at this point, we in my know life, how you have to put the ad out. Oh, we know even <laughs> even at this point in my life, if if it was legal for prostitution, I, I wouldn't do it. I don't. Um, I like these, these longer relationships that, that build and have some substance to them. And, and I see, I see a handful of regular clients and I, I don't see that many new people. I see, I'll see anybody once, mm-hmm. but, uh, typically it's just a four hour meet and greet during the week. But, uh, the main bookings are an overnight or longer on, on the weekends up to like a week trip. I just went to Yellowstone for a week and the month before I went to Mexico, went diving with some whale sharks and giant manta rays. One of the dopest things you could do as a human. It was so, so amazing. And how much is an overnight run? Overnights are are three grand and weekends Whee! are eight grand. You hear that, Luke Jackson? Oh, you're real underselling. Yourself. I had on a male escort a couple of years ago, but he was like way more indie, and uh, he's like, yeah, fifteen hundred for overnight. I was like, that even that no, that's, sounds that's, insane. No, that's decent money. I think that's about where I started. Obviously, yeah. you know the show. It's it's supply and demand a little bit. I Garen, my booking manager, still wants to increase my rates right now, and and I can't even take on all, all my bookings because the request because the show got so big. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy with her at, I don't think I'm going to, 
increase them anymore I well i mean how do you even start with this like how do you go from english major to and which before that you were in the the, what, the air force and you air were a marksman so it's great well. this guy yeah. could like fuck you or kill you either one depending <laughs> on and then afterwards not, not he's then, gonna play not a song well I, I wrestled i wrestled in college for a year <laughs> and that's actually a natural progression or transition to jujitsu because there's a lot of wrestling jujitsu but i just got my jujitsu brazilian jujitsu black belt this year which was which was huge i won the pan American and Nationals this last year, and I got it on the podium, which was really dope. So Under Robert Drysdale, he's one of the best guys out there. I trained with him in Vegas. Would you say that you're the most lethal gigolo on the scene? Pro- probably. probably. Hands down the most. <laughs> I, I, I was considering professionally fighting. I had a couple overseas offers, mm. but uh, I put a lot of value on my brain, and they couldn't pay enough. Sure. They're often a little bit, and it would have been fun to, you know, tour around and, and do that. But my, my brain is valued very yeah. high. I, I, you I want to be drooling in I 10 need, years. I need a quarter or half million dollar contract if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a fight. I'm, I'm considering that. I'm, I'm still in talks a little bit with yeah. Bellator and some of the other ones a little bit. I, I put it out there. I did Bruce Buffer, Buffer's con, uh, podcast as well. So uh-huh. it's, it's out there. Yeah, well, how'd you, how'd you start off with the stripping? What's that decision like? How did I what? Well, how'd you start off with the stripping? Like, um, I know I, the stripping I had a came friend. before Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend. I was 17 or no, I was 15 and he was 16. He was a year older. And uh, he uh, he developed before everybody too. He was big and ripped and he looked really good. And uh, he was stripping. And I just remember he had everything he wanted. He had a, he had a guitar. He had a truck. He moved out of his house early when we were still in high school and got his own place and threw parties and <laughs> those are the big thing he had a truck he had a guitar, a truck and a guitar. that's the dream well, baby more than me. More than me. lots of cocaine um <laughs> uh and and yeah i kind of i envied that i grew up the, the, the community I, I was in was kind of uh ritzy and and i was one of the brokest families my parents divorced my dad was a hard worker but he worked at a dairy in wisconsin and my mom worked part-time doing this and that and uh no we were broke and that's what really inspired me from the beginning to be successful i think if i if i grew up with money if i had money if i had a trust fund i don't think i would have applied myself half half as much unfortunately mm. with if i had this mentality now i still no matter how much money i make now i'm going to continue to to yeah. apply myself because i understand how it benefits me and how, how how good it is for you to be creative and continue to you know make stuff and and uh but yeah that, so he he I, I, I always, uh, the town found out about it. He had some stage name on a website and he quit doing it because everybody made fun of him, which is so stupid. Um, even at the time, I'm like, why would you quit that? I, it was still something I didn't understand. Like, I couldn't really fathom or wrap my head around why you would stop doing something because someone, like, made fun of you. I, I hate that. I hate, I hate any form of humility or bringing someone down in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, but I don't like it when people actually let that let that get to them I and mean, you don't trust your own stinks and, and your your decisions we need to get to the place with through a lot of self-development and and you know soul searching to do that but i hate that but so in the back of my mind i kind of always wanted to do that i did decide to join the air force and after the the air force i was uh following my dreams of entertainment modeling and acting and and everything in the west coast but i knew i'd have to do something to make some money and take acting classes and i'm like i'm I'm stripping i'm I'm doing it i'm doing it so (laughs) when i got it when i got out there i actually i was never i've never been to california before i almost dropped out and joined a rap group when i was like 15 almost dropped out of high school of course why wouldn't you three other three three other black guys too i used to do like underground rap battles and shit when i was a kid it was it was, it was dope it was a lot of fun and i considered dropping out of high school and moving to the west coast but why, why i don't even remember their name 
Someone has that, to that bring was earlier. That, up to that you. was earlier. So because I, someone I, has to bring that up to you. No, you don't it, just naturally jump the stripping. I got no. Imagine. Once again, when I got out of the Air Force, yeah. I knew I was moving to the West Coast. It was really expensive. I was sick of being broke. I knew stripping would help me in the entertainment business, help develop my confidence. And I, I was a very, a very lost, very unconfident, full of anxieties. Uh, as I, I talk about in my book, I was scared to speak to my parents at, at the din- dinner table. Mm-hmm. I had panic attacks and getting called on in class. When I was a kid, I faked a heart attack to not answer a question in, in class. I fell over and sure. pretended I was having a heart attack. Um, it, it was bad. It was, it was, it was I, I don't, I, I don't understand all that. But, uh, so I knew stripping would, would help me with that. And, and I, I just wanted to, to, to go for it. And, uh, yeah, and I called a couple companies. I lied and said I had experience and I didn't. And I kind of got lucky. I got a lucky break with this one company. They, uh, he said, yeah, come out, check out the show. They're doing a mail review show and it kind of promotes the, the private parties. And he booked these private parties and bachelorette parties from him. And I went out there and he wasn't getting along with the lead act who was the cop act. Mm. And the dude was a super cock. I wanted to be him so bad though. <laughs> <laughs> he, he That's was, my stripping role man. model he, right he, there. He was, he was, he was the man. His comp, comp, he's super comp. We confuse confidence with arrogance a lot but he was a combination of both and he was you know an asshole to, to me and and the owner of the company which isn't cool but the confidence i, I envied at literally the time, the at the time the arrogance dick well. of the of the locker room. At, at, at the time i envied the arrogance as well um i wanted to, to be like that and he uh fired him that night and the next week i was on that stage so I got thrown in there and into that cop act and it was at, we actually started at a different club. We moved to a bigger one and I did it every Thursday for a year at the, the, it was called the boogie in Anaheim. It got closed down because of a shooting or two, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was fun. It was a great time of, of my life. And, and, and then I started my company about a year later and I've done over 300 bachelorette parties. I, I've stopped doing the company a few years back, but I was booking male female sure. strippers for a long time. Even when I started the show and moved to Vegas, I expanded there as well. I mean, did you but, always look like this when you were when you started doing the stripping when you were in the Air I Force? Et cetera, I didn't or? have abs until I. Uh, it, it was before, is is right before or no? It, it was it was after the stripping. The stripping inspired me as well a little bit, but I kind of, I, I had this. I'm trying to think on the timeline of my my awakening that I had and, and the stripping. I think I was rocking and rolling with the stripping, but. I used a, l- a lot of alcohol to, to get me through it. And I thought that it, and I thought that alcohol, um, you know, was the, was the one way I could get through it. And I kind of gave up on being confident or I thought I needed alcohol to have that. And I thought I had brain problems or, you know, ADHD and I should probably have medication. There's some type of Im- imbalance that's, and it's all, it's all bullshit. And this By is early twenties. We, we can hit on that in a minute. But, uh, no, my, my, my whole life. And yeah, in early twenties. And I thought alcohol, I, I found the, the miracle, the miracle drug or miracle pill the, that would, that would get me through it. So I did a lot of drinking, but, uh, I, I just got more and more lost. The more you consume yourself in drugs and alcohol, the more you're going to get lost, the more depressed you're going to be, the more your sleep cycle is going to be messed up. And, and, uh, yeah. And I had a breakdown shortly after that was when I was 25. I read a, a quote out of a book. It was by Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm not religious at all. I'm, I'm anti-religion. Anything that separates us or tries to scare us into fucking doing something, I'm, I'm anti. But uh, the quote was something like, every time the devil comes knocking the door of my heart, Jesus answers and tells him there's no room. And for some reason, I just, I lost it. I wasn't, I wasn't unparticularly emotional that day i wasn't having i wasn't even having a bad day but i i just i just lost it and i cried for hours and hours and hours and it was 
it, they were good tears, tears of release. And it, it was me like you, you read about this, like a, what a born again experience is and, you know, is, or what a, a spiritual awakening. I, I had something. I had something. I, I decided, man, I'm, I'm not the person I want to be. I'm scared of the I'm scared of my shadow I've, I, that I don't take good care of myself. And um, I decided from that day for them to do everything I can to to be the best person I could be. So that's kind of where this this journey and the search started with the book. But then five years later, when I became a gigolo, I kind of got thrown to the wolves and uh, a good percentage of my clients are, are about uh, I, I think everybody struggles with confidence and s- social anxiety issues. And about half of my clients struggle with 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 it as well. And probably why they're hiring someone instead and of they're, going they're out coming to, the, to yeah. me for advice and, and trying to help them. You know, they they see me as, as a gateway to get into this dating scene. A lot of them are very successful and haven't had too much time to date or just got divorced and have only been with one or two people or struggle with weight issues. So they, they like lack confidence and I haven't had that much, that much experience dating, dating. So, you know, they're coming to me for answers and I didn't, I didn't really have them at first. I, I, I kind of felt to the point where I, I had them, but I wasn't able to effectively communicate them. And that's something that this book is, has helped me do as, as well. So, uh, so you were a stripper yeah. with anxiety. Well, I would drink to okay. alleviate it alleviate but like just but, the yeah. idea that you were like an anxious person in I social could, situations on, and I, you're like let me go get naked in, in front of I was, strangers i was great when i was drunk it, i could i could talk to girls I, I felt invincible i didn't understand how it was uh destroying me and how ruining were, my life how are you with women sober either during this period or before how are you how were you with women when you were sober though like either during this period horrible, or before horrible could, horrible even, even looking my, the way my you did 20s yeah, yeah my, my whole life I, I struggled with that and my confidence started growing from from stripping. It grew a little bit. It uh, after after a few years, it got to the point where I could do a gig without getting drunk. I usually still wanted to have a drink or two. Yeah. Um. But then I I was doing all these improv and uh, auditioning and, and scene study classes where you you get some material, you have thirty minutes to look over it, and then you do it in front of the whole class, mm-hmm. and that's some nerve wracking stuff, right? That's some of the, you know public speaking and all that's the hardest stuff you can do. I think every one of my kicks in my book is take public speaking confidence improv but stay away from our comedy open mics you guys are taking up our space uh that's you're making the list longer (laughs) yeah a lot more people getting into that comedy's become Uh, more and more popular right everybody's doing it now it's uh you know now that now there's the the half the faux controversy in la is like a lot of porn stars now doing stand-up and they're like comedians in la in the la scene but these fucking porn stars taking our spots you know, because they can sell tickets no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out here in New York, we don't really have that problem as much. But uh, yeah, it's kind of great. I mean, everyone's it doing is. stand-up. It's, it's, it's good, really though. Yeah, Joe Rogan podcast is really huge. Yeah. And I, I know they talk about uh, comedy on there and they, they support that. And and I'm, I think I, I'm, I'm, I support it. I support anybody get in front of that open mic because I've, I've done that a few times. That's 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 the hardest thing. That's harder than performing with music. I've, I've, I've done it all. I've, I've performed in front of hundreds and hundreds of people and... And I've been on that open mic stage with 20 people in the audience, and you don't have any music, you know. You're because even at the end yeah, of the song, yeah. you're gonna get and claps, you... no matter how good or bad the song. <laughs> you get a guaranteed clap at the end of every yeah, song. Yeah, usually, usually, <laughs> every joke ain't like you, that. You, you, gotta, you gotta fuck up pretty bad not to get uh-huh. any, not to get any claps. But uh, what's like, what's yeah, a successful mic... like uh, strip uh, scene? Like, do you get claps at the end of it? Is the dollar bills—that's your sign of it. Is bombing in a, as a stripper where you get just no money, like no tips? Um, that doesn't happen because 
if if you know how to hustle if and make money, which which yeah. is part of it, you got to you got to tell them to tip and say you know we need. I used to say, well, there's a couple dances I would do, and I'd say filler with money. The more and and beforehand when when the show is booked, you're, you're told to ask everybody to bring money for tip and bring sure. ones and everything. So they put them. Put them, they scatter them on your, the, the girl's body, then you take them off the girl's body, yeah. and the more money that comes out, the better of a dance they're gonna get. You know, sure. that's 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 what we said. But then if only like a dollar or two came out, be like, okay, minimum of five bucks. Come on, work work with me a little bit. Does anybody need change? I got change. I gotta eat. Some shows were better. Than, some shows were eat. better than others. But yeah, you you, you had to hustle at them, or the, the, the tips didn't come up. Ask, what, what ask any you? stripper, male or female. Right. What was your first? What was your first dance like? Man, my my first strip gig. So I did that. I did the, I think I did my act before I did the strip gig and I got so drunk I don't even really remember the act. No, I did an Air Force act, that's right. I, I, I did an Air Force act and he, he tried me out before he fired the cop dude. Mm-hmm. But then the Air Force act was I poured candle wax on me and shit. <laughs> it's really <laughs> ambitious for I that had, first one. I had an Air Force st- a costume that I could break, that would uh-huh. break away. I could just grab it, and the whole thing would rip off, like uh, like Tom Cruise and Top Gun, like a Top Gun uniform. But yeah, I got so drunk I don't remember it really. And uh, the the first gig I had, I had a few drinks, and I was I, I, I was so nervous I blacked out. I remember I gave a lap dance for thirty seconds, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck am I? Do I have to do for the next fifty nine minutes and thirty yeah. seconds? I had no idea. I'm like, I, I didn't even know how to give a lap dance. It's moved. It was it was horrible. And I blacked Those out. Those improv I was so skills scared. came in the play. You're like, I'm so going to improvise scared. a oh. lap dance right now. Ooh, not no, no, not not really. After, uh, after after that first show, I started putting together a show and figuring out, you know, lap dance. And it, no, when you, I was so scared and nervous, you can't you can't improv. You can't you can't analyze and interpret data and and make good decisions when when you're when you're when you have all these blockages of, of fear and, and anxieties and I was this full of them and that's what crippled me. That's what, that's what allows you to not improv and not mm. be in the moment. I admire comics. I love, I love being around comics. I, I did a, a podcast recently too and talked to a bunch of them. Just the, the energy is different. There's none of that nervous energy and you know, it's pe- people accepting themselves and being confident people who've, you know, been through the r- ringer faced humiliation in, in some forms and, and humility even though I, I, one of my kicks is, is fuck vulnerability, but humility is something I guess we got to experience. That's interesting to say as a gigolo though, because like to be a sex worker, you literally can't be that humble because you have to be able to stand up and say, this is $3,000, you know, like you have to literally <laughs> like put a price all on of yourself. The, right. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can't be too humble with that. I feel like one, one of my kicks and a quote <laughs> that I put on a lot of my apparel that I'm selling mm-hmm. at my store is not too humble. Actually, is that what you so call that's, saying that's kicks? You say that. Well, my book's called, called Nick Hawk's yeah, 100 Kicks in the Ass, ass yeah. A Guide to Gaining Confidence and Reaching Your Full Potential. Yeah, and each each insert is a separate theory that I call a kick. Okay. And uh, number 98 is be an ass kicker, which is, 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 is somebody who tells somebody some original motivational advice to to in, inspire them but it's it's what they need to hear not what they want to hear and it has to be something where they say oh i never thought of that about that before that's something that i'm going to apply to my life to hopefully better it and that's what a that's what a kick in the ass is and 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 how'd you get over this anxiety to then go be a sex worker because you i can't imagine being a nervous sex worker that's no, I, I wasn't too nervous once uh-huh. when, when I started that. I was I was still working through some issues and do, doing some programming. Sure. Um, the first season of the show, 
I let it all go the, like the second season, the first season. There is there's a little nerves, a little nerves before filming. I mean, that's that's the the pinnacle though. And that's one of the reasons that where I'm like I'm writing this book. I went from the bottom to not being able to talk to my parents to being able to have live sexual encounters nice. and dating situations yeah. in front of three cameras, twenty people, and knowing ten million people are going to fucking see this. Yeah, you know where do you where do you go from there? I, I had to I had to get hard by myself. When I did my sex line, I have a molded uh, dildo that yeah. that I have, and I had to get hard. They made me do. I didn't care. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, this is the ultimate test, and I took it as a test and challenge. I had to get hard by myself with these three cameras on me, all these people watching, knowing <laughs> it was going to be on television. You did, like, you did the molding there's on, so on much, television. There's too? so much. Me- yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I had to get hard, and then they put the mold on me and and put it on there, held it on a couple seconds, and pulled it off. And and you're supposed to, you're like. It's such control because I had to stay hard while they did the mold and everything too. Because if it starts going down, then it's not going to yeah, create the proper say. mold. So it was like the it's it's ridiculous to talk. I know how ridiculous my life is. I'm, I'm well aware, <laughs> but but like, where can you go from there? <laughs> where can like? Wait, so was the, did the did you start being a gigolo for the show, or did that come first and then you got cast? I got contacted by the company I work for, CowboysForAngels.com, and Garen James, uh, one of my closest homies. And uh, I, was, I was working with him for about a year. He found me on Model Mayhem, a wa- modeling website, and saw that I had stripping experience, and he liked my look. And uh, I did it with him for about a year. Didn't have too many bookings. He made, he went on Tyra Banks, and he did a couple shows that helped his company. Uh, but yeah, it's only one, maybe two a month, and they're shorter bookings, one or, one or two hour bookings. And uh, I still thought it was dope and cool, and... I'd make as much in a booking as I would working my ass off stripping for the weekend. Yeah, you're th- and, wait, how, uh, what was that thought the first time you're like, I'm getting paid to possibly have sex with a man, woman? Man, yeah, on, that's, that's got to that's feel one, great. That's one more of those feelings, like, where do I go from here? You know, <laughs> I, I, I still had a little ego, and I was still a little mm. cocky at that point. You know, I didn't, I didn't think my shit stink for, for a minute, but... Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a long experience. I've, everything since then is has has been humbling. But yeah, one of one of my savings is for sure. And don't 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 be too humble, man. Like I, I worked my ass off, and I, I'm I'm good at what I do. I'm good at being a gigolo. I'm good at doing doing music. I'm, I'm good at writing. You know, that's because I put in the work, though. That's it. No, nobody's special. Nobody's born special. There's no such thing as gifts or talent. We all have the same brain possibilities and opportunities. We really do that. Mm-hmm. We really do. This this whole this all from that MLK Junior quote. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess man. that's where it built from, man. Just that's some next we, level. We got thinking. we got to hit that point in our life, though, and it's not a midlife crisis. It's not. It's, you don't have to go to the you know the, the 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 place that I went. I was I was in a horrible horrible place, and man, luckily, I I I thought about that a positive outcome in, instead of. You know, I I could I could have I could have gone two directions. I could have been severely d- depressed. I could have gone mm-hmm. for I could have been suicidal there, man. I that's when I realized I wasn't shit. I wasn't fucking shit. I cheated through life. I lied through life. I lied. I, I stole. I treated everybody like shit. I was angry. My dad bestowed a lot of anger and, and fear in me instead of confidence. And I was a shitty fucking person. I didn't want to be that person anymore. And how old are you when you like have that revelation? Yeah, that was when this that, this awakening. Uh, was. But like, yeah, yeah how that like was, what were you like? Like, is this like one of those like? I think I said twenty five a couple times, but yeah. yeah, it was it was twenty five. Like, yeah, Air Force there. twenty yeah. about twenty one. I was in there four years, so it was it was about twenty five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And and the, and the biggest thing too, and on top of that, I realized I wasn't fucking special. I spent most of my life convincing myself I'm special. I'm better than you. Isn't I was that born, every twenty five year old. Every twenty five year old thinks they're special. Not <laughs> most, most, and in, in, in a lot, and it, it's people lacking guidance. You yeah. know, that's that's not what. It's 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 confusion and. And everybody knows deep down that knows they don't. I knew I wasn't. I, I was just trying to convince myself or, or do some programming or to, to, to think that I was. Because how am I going to be successful or do anything if I'm not special? Right. Well, fucking you got to work for it. But now how did you draw the difference between like having an ego and being confident? Because those are two things that are so easy to fuck up. You know? Well, I one of my kicks is ego is good. Okay. Um. Ego is is it's it's part of it's part of yourself. It's 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 who you are. It's you know, the, and there's healthy ways to to go about your ego. Ego is interpretation, and uh, and 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 you can use it. I think judging people is good too. This there's there's this positive and negative about everything out there, but use the ego to your your, your advantage. It's 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 your 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 person. It's what it, it's. It's what you've grown from, you know, there's like once it's kind of like confidence and, and arrogance, you know, confidence is, is good, but it's it's mistaken. And like e- ego is up there, too. Like, you know, it's it's good to, to shed the ego. I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge supporter of uh, m- mushrooms and, and DMT and ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've had a many journeys that, that shed that ego and just let it all go away. But that's it's part of what you are. And like. It, it you have to you have to embrace it. You can't. It's good. It's it's healthy to to let it go and let everything shed and peel away. And that it's a big part of losing mm-hmm. fear and anxiety and, and judgment and bull and all these pointless emotions that I that I talk about as as well. Being embarrassed, like being you should never be embarrassed. Never. That's pointless bullshit. Like I I I don't like seeing people like that. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be taught. It shouldn't even be a, a thought on our minds that somebody could be embarrassed. I, I hate that. I hate any form of humility, and uh, the, the the ego is part of you, man. And embrace it. Un- understand. Be able to shed it, and and uh, it takes it takes a lot of practice, a lot of self reflecting, and 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 being in nature and being alone and having your phone off and, and, and meditating. I have a great meditation in my book too. Deepak Chopra inspired it because he's boring as fuck. <laughs> Everyone in LA seems to be into Deepak Chopra. Fuck, I read. I love his books. His books are brilliant. I love his books, but it's not him. I went to see him live. Man, did that let me down? He should not be the spokesman for the whoever all the people who write those books. Him, Some, or maybe he's an incredible. He should liver. have a body. But double. he did this meditation. And it was so boring. I'm like, fuck you. And 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 I wrote my own. And I have a a brilliant meditation where you don't just sit there and focus on breathing. It was the I I like this. He's playing a joke. Like, yeah. this is, is, is this real? Like, I couldn't be that boring if I tried. I don't, like, <laughs> just, we just sat there and breathed for, like, 20 minutes. It's like, let me get, like, like a more I, metal like, version mo- of this. Like, yeah. you know, feel the, the fluids in your eyes and, and in your throat and feel the oxygen and encompass your lungs and distribute, you know, nutrients throughout your body. Feel, you feel your heart beating, the heat leaving your body. And, you know, I threw, threw all these, these things in there is this boring line your chakras sit straight he didn't even tell us how to sit up or anything like dude (laughs) (laughs) and in your book you're teaching people how to be as confident as this yeah 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 why why not man why 
I want to be more confident. I, I, I try to grow and change. Is there every a way day. to be more confident than you currently are? Because here's the you have so many levels of con like you have uh like in the video game of confidence, you've like been kicking through all the levels. Just there's confidence just to talk to women. There's a confidence to be a stripper. Uh, there's a confidence to tell women, yeah, I'm good enough. You should be paying me for my time and possible services. Then you're like, I'm going to teach other people to be confident. There's a level of confidence like, to be like a life coach type of person. I, I, yeah, yeah. I like to yeah. think I'm at the pinnacle at it, at the top. I, I have uh-huh. a few people understand it as, as I do. And uh, my my definition of competence is, is confidence is is uh, not being afraid, accepting yourself, and being prepared. Mm-hmm. And those th- three things, those are three major things that take a lot of a lot of work and, and a lot of self-reflecting and e- evolving and self-developing to to happen. But another thing with confidence is once once you learn it, you got to keep up with it, too, man. <laughs> you got to yeah. keep up with it. And and that's that. And I try to stay on top of that game every day. I want the tattoo on my, my my face by my sideburn right here. Yeah. On, on the, by my ear. I shouldn't say my face on it's kind of off to the side. Yeah. Um, I haven't had the balls get a face tattoo. It, it yet. looks like a little chemical uh, sign or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It looks like one. It's, it's part of. I have a big piece right here on my shoulder uh-huh. with with a bunch of these uh, hexagons. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in different colors, they look like molecules or whatever, and or the the element chart. Um, but no, it's just, it's it's just a cool design. That it's it's a reminder to keep searching. This was a reminder to keep evolving and searching for information. This is a reminder to to be the person I've worked so hard to become because it takes a lot of hard work. And no matter how much programming you do for how many years, you spend years and years and years and years, we, we go through this reset process when we sleep. We really do. And it's really easy to forget all the hard work you put in yesterday and or the week, the work that you've put in recently. And it's real easy to fall back into old habits or old old ways that were programmed in your brain when you're programmed to do something so many times that's that's why the the older you get the the harder it is to change because you're you're living that life every day you live that is more programming and and more it becomes more habitual and, and uh so this this is a reminder of who the fuck i am yeah. and, and all the, the and hard work that i put where in you came from yeah why, yeah why i can be this person and and Makes you not want to slip because, like, I work too hard to get the yeah. year. You don't want to fall back. No, yep, I. Yep, yep. I well, every, everybody, you don't need a reminder of, of, of that too much, of of the hard work. Because if anybody who who's done any of this self developing and isn't just a plugged in robot that works their nine to five and watches TV and they're on their phone twenty four seven, sleeps four hours a night and lives off of caffeine and and alcohol, and I was one of them. Man, you're you're not growing, you're not improving. But once you once you do decide you want to make some changes and you start taking these steps and taking better care of yourself and sleeping more and 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 spending more time reflecting and thinking about what's going on and deciding you want to be a you want to treat people better or you want to get over these fucking fears that are holding you back and crippling you, you know, that then that's when you're putting in the work and you don't forget that work that you put in and it it's worth it and it pays off. But the the reminder of who you've become because of that work is 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 necessary. Who do you date? Do you date? I'm trying to imagine the type of woman that you could feasibly like spend time with. Middle-aged women with a lot of money, man. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When you're, when I don't, you're I don't date that. I don't, I don't date that much. I haven't, no? I haven't had a girlfriend for like eight years. But I used to, I used to be like when I was lost. I, I thought I could find that in in a mate. And if if I didn't have that, I like it's horrible. It's so horrible being lonely and not with somebody. And there's something wrong with you if you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you're not married and you have eight kids by the time you're 22. Fuck society and fuck Hollywood. <laughs> but. uh 
No, and with the I went from girl to 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 girl like every every few weeks, and I if there is a little break in there, I'm I'm out there, I'm at a bar looking for another one, picking up the first girl that will pay me any attention, and uh, and and girlfriend too. I like I I needed I thought I needed that, and just you know there there was a moment where it kind of hit me. It was it was about the the same time when I finally let go of everything in between like season one and two, and I was making the move to Vegas, and. Uh, really letting go of the rest of the shit that was holding me back. And uh, I really started, you know, taking care of myself better and looking after myself and, and, and learning how to how to love myself and be be happy with me and, and not have to need that and understand just how 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 bad it is to to be in an unhealthy relationship and it, it can it can wipe you out and it, if you're in a bad relationship or there's there's so many th- aspects of your life that that can just totally encompass everything you do and give you no room for growth, such as getting married too early and being in a healthy relationship, having kids too early, adopting a dog too early, ad- adopting a dog. Man, that that's in my book too. Think long and hard before having children and, and dogs. They, like you just equate a gay married to many, adopting a dog, though. No. Getting married, having kids. I said having kids <laughs> yeah, in there yeah, first. Sure, sure. Well, there's there there are three things that yeah, it will take up all your time and not allow you any time to do any of this self-development and growth and, and evolving and you need to do that before you do these things before you get a dog before you have a relationship mm-hmm. and especially have a kid man that's 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 the number one problem in this world is kids having kids and that's that's why that's really why i feel that that i was lost because of lack of guidance my parents they're they're great people i see i see good in everybody my dad was there he paid child support he went to all my sporting events you know he was a good dad but he didn't teach me shit he he was young. He was 21. My mom was 20. You know, they, it takes a long time to do the self development to not only learn what confident it, it is, then apply it to your life. Then you need to properly communicate it effectively to a child. You can't yeah. do that when you're fucking 20. You can't do that when you're 30. Like, give me a break. You shouldn't be thinking about having kids until you're 35 plus, man. Yeah, for, seriously. for real. And, and once you have a kid, like, that's that's it man if if you're raising that kid even halfway decently yeah that's all your time that's you have you have very little time for growth and and self-reflection and and development you you do time for the fan whore appreciation moment yo i know some of you skip this part that's okay skip forward like 90 seconds to two minutes we're going to get through this because this is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some members of my fan whore community on Patreon. These are the people who honestly help keep the podcast uh, producing in the way in, in the capacity that it does because they show their support, not just with their downloads, but their dollars. Uh, so right now I want to give a shout out to Karen Lee Potter, who y'all might actually remember from my episode with the hosts of sex talk with my mom. Karen is the mom. And also, one of my patrons. Thank you so much. Uh, Also, a shout out to Aubrey. Oh, gosh. Uh, What do I say about Aubrey? That hasn't been said about, like, every beautiful, wonderful, smart woman in the world. Uh, You're just fantastic. And I had so much fun uh, getting to know you better at ManHorcon. Look forward to seeing you again. Andrew B. Andrew B. impresses the fuck out of me. Because his profile picture is him with the love of my life, Kevin Smith, who, if you don't know who he is, he's the writer and director of such classics as clerks, mall rats, dogma, Jane's and Bob strike back clerks Two, uh, some other fun stuff. And obviously my favorite movie chasing Amy. 
So, uh, dude, one day you're going to tell me how that fucking happened. But thank you all so much for your support. And you, too, can become a member of my fan whore community for as little as $1 per month. You'll get access to bonus episodes, secret communities, and extra special access to me, the man whore guy. Head on over to patreon.com slash man podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man podcast. Throw the whore a bone. Throw him a buck. Come on, you know I you know I earned it. You know I deserve it. See, Nick, I'm trying to do the cocky thing, and uh it's I'm I'm not good at it. <laughs> Let me go back and try to learn about be, uh, having a good ego with Nick Hawk. Do you do you think this country's got a problem with um people who aren't you know people who don't have the confidence to be single? Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a big that's a big part of it. Like yeah. I said, we we think we need that. We're always looking outside of the box and trying to find someone else to to solve our problems or go through life with or so do these problems with me. And and, and no, it, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And even if you found that soulmate when when you when you're 20, it's not going to work because you haven't found you don't know how to love yourself. So you do, you can't love her. You you got to love yourself before you you have any chance of loving anybody else. And and really experiencing that and knowing how to communicate that effectively. You don't believe in soulmates? I believe anybody can be anybody's soulmate. I, I think timing's key. I, I uh once again you have to you have to go through through that phase and everybody's at a different phase at a different time in their life and some people go through it more quickly than others. Um I really do I, I believe we're 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 all born with the same brain. We're we're all and we're all born beautiful too. That's that's one of my kicks. None of us are None of us are that fucking hot, and we're all beautiful. We're all born beautiful. We just we we cover it up. We mask it, and our, our lack of of confidence, you know, mask that more than anything. But uh, also putting on weight, not taking care of yourself, putting toxins and poisons in your body. Quit you talking know, about me, man. Drugs, <laughs> drugs, art, artificial sweeteners, you know, all that crap. Breathing in, you I'll know, take my shitty air. Too. Drinking, drinking, yeah, yeah. He's taking it all from sugar. Me. <laughs> drinking that fluoride and chlorine that's in your fucking water, all that shit, man. It, it ruins you. That's that's how you destroy yourself and, and not be beautiful anymore. So, so the next step past being gigolo, past being a musician, is stand up comedian and, and life guru. It seems. Well, yeah. I am. I'm in a crossroads a little bit. Uh, the music's going so well, and I said after I released this song, I have 15 songs now, and I have some large venues and, and festivals that are interested in having me. So I think I'm going to do a little bit more with the music. But yeah, I'm considering cutting back on the jiu-jitsu. I've, I've been training a lot. And it's, 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 I, have, I haven't had major, major injuries. But even these little injuries here and there, man, I, I, when I'm you know, 160 years old, I still want to be hiking and shit. Hmm. So uh, these, these injuries can catch up with you. And, and man, it, it just takes one bad one to, 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 to ruin your life, to, to mess up your neck. or I, I have, I'm my back I messed up when I was really young, but uh, so I'm gonna have a little more room. I'm gonna have a little more room for stuff, and I'm deciding if I'm gonna do. I have a, I have a, I have a, a full act written. I've had it written for years, and uh, I write jokes all the time. I write every day. I write every day. I'm up at night on my phone making notes. Everybody should have Google Keep on their phone. It, it syncs up with your Gmail account, and you're able to take notes. And if you lose your phone, they're they're backed up and everything. Mm-hmm. And you should take notes for everything. Write everything down. Clear your brain. 
have have lists for shit you need to do shit shopping lists all that all your kicks right, right? Your yeah kicks and all down. your good ideas man everybody has good ideas you 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 forget them i don't people don't realize how many good ideas that that, that they that they do have and, and and write them down and go back through them and i'm, I'm right i'm writing jokes and and adding on to this stuff you're writing all, everything all it time. seems like you i got love art. writing we should we should all write I'm Every, help you everybody, your life. And everybody, make everybody laugh, should write their you. own book too. <laughs> Kick ninety nine in my book is everybody should be writing their own book, and then and, and that's a big one. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, the the crossroads. So music. Either, I'm either going to push this music here. I got some phenomenal music that I'm really excited about, and uh, I'm considering doing a motivational slash music slash comedy act, or just doing a straight up comedy act and. Maybe shooting for having a special. Since mm-hmm. I'm on Showtime, maybe Showtime yeah. would do it or something. I know Netflix; they 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 do so well now. And if you have you have a name at all, like you said, even yeah. with the the porn stars, you know, you got you got some ins for sure. sure. They'll they'll you'll, you'll get it listened to yeah. at least. The show has opened up some doors. I'm never going to deny that. Uh, it's closed a few too, but it's it's opened a lot. And, yeah, I really uh, can't do that. Chris, but the Bible Belt either, circuit anymore. It's either that or get my psychology uh, doctrine. I'm. Seriously considering that, I'm, I've I've been taking some prereq classes, and I'm, I'm I'm taking classes here and there, but I'm considering going full time and knocking it out. Possibly, I would still gigolo on the weekends, but uh, it's this it's something I'm considering, and I I this this book is just motivating me and pushing me more. You know, like I said, becoming a gigolo and being on TV and having younger guys and people look up to you and ask you for this advice. It started with sex dating relationship. It's grown from there. It's really it's really pushed me to get the best advice i can for people and the brain just in, in intrigues me and and i think I've, i have a lot of the answers but there's a lot more out there to find and i think you know if i i did this psychology uh doctrine push maybe a master's i think the, the doctrine would be be a little cooler though um i just want to get the most information i can to once again write more books and help more people and you know there's a good chance after i uh after i graduate with that doctrine that i mean i think the the, the sky would be endless and limitless at that point i'd have my uh my pick of day talk shows radio shows i could do whatever i wanted with that with that degree on top of you know what what i already do so a lot of visualization i know, I know it pay off yeah for sure yeah yeah that's what i'm saying that that's crazy that's awesome a lot of a lot of jesus like yeah you seem to be like i'm a visual i'm gonna do this thing and then i'm gonna do it that's crazy and most of us don't we go like i could do that but i won't and well, that way you don't have to fail can. and then everybody can yeah well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's work, man. It's work, but p- the work pays off. And there's no such thing as failing. You attempt something, it's a success. There's no such thing as failing. You're failing if you're not doing it. That's it. That's what I tell the guys with with the pickup. I've done the pickup a little bit. Uh, I spoke at the the world pickup artist thing as well. So I have a pickup tip in my book. But uh, the pickup as well. When I, I I used to mic up guys and I'd have them talk to fifty to seventy girls in a night, and we talk about I'd I'd listen from twenty feet away, mm. and we talk about every encounter. And yeah, the the main advice is you you never it. fail. You never fail, man. These girls got a million things going on. It's it's okay. The only fail is when you don't go up. You're going to learn something from every attempt. I don't care how mm-hmm. bad you fall on your face. You know, my last track I put out was I can take a punch. Take those punches, man, and keep keep rolling with them. Keep getting back up. You're better every time you get back up. Every time. Just put a little thought into it, what you're doing it. And uh, every time you'll be better. Wise words from from the gigolo, Nick Hawk, or the jack of all trades, Nick Hawk. Um, Nick, where can f- people find you, find the book? 
Google my name. My website's number one, nickhawkexplicit.com. And uh, the hardcover, the hard copy of my book is up there as well as a PDF and Kindle. And there's a Kindle on Amazon as well. All my social media is The Nick Hawk. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My music's up at my website as well. And you can download all 15 tracks everywhere music sold online. Fantastic, Nick. Thanks for talking yeah. to me, man. I know you got to um, get going. Otherwise, I could probably... Uh, yeah, time to shoot that music we could, video. We could have unloaded the entire book's worth of kicks. I'd uh, love probably. to. I'd love to. I love talking about it. Write your own book, too. Get my book and read that one. Everybody should write their own book. That, that's, that greatly benefits you. All right, man. Later. Nick Hawk, you know, that was an experience. Um some some inspiring words in there. So I'm I'm really interested in what you know some of his other kicks in the ass. Again, the book is Nick Hawk's 100 Kicks in the Ass: A Guide to Gaining Confidence and Reaching Your Full Potential. Uh, go find me on the social medias. You you know the drill. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Uh Go like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. Sign up and support me at Patreon.com/slash/ManWhorePodcast. But most importantly. I flew through the other things because I wanted to emphasize that this is the important thing. I really could use your feedback. Please fill out this survey. It will take less than two minutes of your time at manhorpod.com slash manhorcon. Again, that's manhorpod.com slash manhorcon. I will be giving away free Stay Slutty Buttons uh, on December 30th. If you want to be entered to win... You got to fill out the survey. It's a huge help for me. Inspired by Nick's talk of creativity and being proactive and doing the things, I want to read you all something I wrote. I included it in the December newsletter. Uh, at the at the bottom of every month's newsletter, I usually put like a writing piece that I did. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not, but they're just something that's on my mind. And I don't know, I feel like this episode kind of connects with what I wrote. So I, I wanted to share that with y'all. Uh, and if you want to see more of these things, you know, go sign up for the mailing list. But um, here we go. Uh, it's titled, You're a Funny Guy. Frozen atop the stairs, the fear of faking smiles and shaking hands freezes me, like in the space movies when you get zapped with a ray gun that keeps you from moving. Stepping out the door with a purpose means interacting with acquaintances. Acquaintances. <laughs> Quaint visits, false Facebook friendships masquerading as lifelong pals. Let me know if you need anything that doesn't involve sweat or professional currency. Every interpersonal interaction involves asking myself, what value do I offer here? In my lesser moments, I wonder, what value do they offer me? A man with holes in his shoes and no new jokes, I avoid the judgment of my peers by not showing up. Not being seen means not being booked. Not being booked means not performing. A bind followed by disbarment from the National Comedians Congregation. Trademark pending. What's the point? The Devil's Hall Pass. So then what's the point of leaving the house if I can't get this or they won't that or I'm kept from the thing? If I don't go on stage, why do I open the front door? To get fucked, to get drunk, to roll dice, to tune out, to get through the day. To get pizza and return immediately home because my routine desires are sometimes the only motivation to get out of bed. I can check Instagram lying down. People think I'm funny. Except other comedians. 
in this industry, short of a million Twitter followers at the Billy Presida. We are our own gatekeepers. And I feel shut out, left behind, the guy in the back of the group running to escape through the ever-shrinking door, and I'm the only one who didn't make it. I'm not dead. I'm just stuck on the other side with people who see me as a failure because I didn't get through the door. They too will pass by me to open. What's worse is knowing it's my own fault. The answer is to be funny. It's that simple. Less simple? I don't feel funny, and I'm still frozen atop those stairs on the wrong side of a door. Take care of yourselves, everybody. I'll see you next week. Stay slutty.